morning, afternoon, and evening. And yes, this is me, Damo, doing the intro of the pod. Uh, welcome to the uh, West Ham uh, Massive Hour, otherwise known as the FPL Amateurs of Oz podcast. I'm your, your host, Damo, otherwise known as FPL West Ham on Twitter, who uh, just, uh, for your information, have just surpassed 1,000 followers on Twitter. So make sure you go follow me. Uh, on deck is my uh, co-host and uh, mid-table United fan, Quentin. How are you doing, Quentin? <laughs> yeah, good, mate. Um, let's hope, yeah, head doesn't get any bigger, mate. Won't be able to fit through the door. <laughs> yeah, probably. And um, also joining us tonight is fellow mid-table United uh, fan, Brady. Oh, what a lovely introduction. Good to be back. <laughs> oh, well, that's enough of your time in the sun, mate. It's, uh, it's uh, time for me to take back over, mate. <laughs> nah, too easy, man, too easy. <laughs> uh, I might get into how our teams went this week. Um, this week I started with Sarr in goals, um, Trent Alexander, Ken Sello and Chilwell at the back, uh, Gallagher, Rafinha, Salah and Foden in the midfield. And then I put the big C on Aubameyang and Jimenez and Antonio and definitely was a, a massive game by Aubameyang getting the minus two. So, <laughs> um, yeah, differential, hashtag differential. Um, I finished on 60 points which gave me a small green arrow from 73K to 70K. So it wasn't too bad. Um, I was lucky for Cancelo, Gallagher, and Trent Alexander-Arnold, who did all the, the heavy lifting for my team this week to make up for Aubameyang getting the minus two. So I wasn't too disappointed just because, obviously, the the situation around Aubameyang getting uh, the penalty, then missing it, and then getting the yellow card straight after. So sort of <laughs> could have been a lot better, but, um, yeah, just take it in my stride. What about you, Damo? Uh, yeah, so I um, didn't, didn't do too uh, too badly, actually. Scored a 72, uh, obviously crawling to catch up to you. Uh, I, I think it's uh, it's helped that you went um, on the, uh, what was it, the Addicts podcast that sort of helped with the Aubameyang <laughs> going backwards, not forwards. So, I uh, just need to crawl up a bit more, but um, I did score 72. I'm on uh, seven, 705 points overall. Uh, I had a huge uh, rank rise of over 200K um, this week, so I'm up to 250K uh, as a rank. So uh, my stars were obviously Cancelo with the 14, uh, Rafinha, Gallagher, TAAs, uh, and I say Salah, but as I said, sort of on the podcast last week, Salah wouldn't do much against the, the might and power of West Ham. Uh, I ended up uh, captaining uh, James. At one point, I thought um, I was a visionary because he was sitting on about 12 or 13 points, but uh, that late goal uh, for Burnley in the end sort of cost me cost me around about 15 or 16 points off uh, my total, obviously, with the... Rudiger and um, James at the back. So, but that goal uh, didn't really help anyone at all either. No, it was no. there probably was, I think, maybe two people in the world that had him. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, not, as I said, it. Um, I think I, I went pretty well, but um, yeah, it could have been a hell of a lot better. But we live and learn from that uh, nosebleed section, mate, and back to the rest of us. <laughs> exactly right. How about you, Brady? Uh, yeah, I went all right. I got um. 59 points this week so I had a little red arrow from 33k I think I was now down to 37 um my shining lights were uh Trent and Cancelo obviously um Ramsdale did good for me but um 
Foster with 11 points on the bench did hurt a little bit. Um, uh, I lined up with um, Chilwell, Trent, Cancelo, Salah as my captain, Saka, Son, Embuemo, Vardy, Antonio, and Huang. Oh, my midfield and attackers did pretty much nothing. Um, but yeah, just the defenders sort of um, pushing me over the line, I guess. Yeah, the mullet made you look good, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a bit disappointing with Saka there. I see that you got him. I got him out last week, but, you know, he had that goal that got disallowed. And then also I think he put in a ball, might have been to Aubameyang, and he um, missed, missed another goal. So it could have been a lot better for you. I was going to say, didn't um, Wembo had a goal disallowed as well? Yeah. <laughs> so could have been a real, real bloody good then. Yeah, just a little bit unfortunate, but it is what it is. Yeah, and then, um, yeah, obviously the Wolves shat the bed as well and they didn't look very good in attack at all. I think they only had maybe two shots at goal, so or two shots on target anyway. Uh, we might get into the FPL Twitter League template. Um, this week um, the team lined up with uh, Sanchez in goals for the minus one. Uh, I think he would have got changed out for Foster. I think Foster might have come in. Um Trent Alexander-Arnold at the back, Cancelo, James, Chilwell, Captain on Salah, Foden, Rafinha, and Vermo, Vardy, Tony. So finished the week on 61 points, so wasn't too bad. Had a small green arrow from 55K up to 51K, so not too bad at all, and it's still beating me and Damo again, so we kind of <laughs> need to pick our game up and get ahead of that. So, But Brady's, Brady's still king of the pot at the moment and beating all of us. Uh, might get on to the FPL Amateurs of Oz League. Um, I know it's going to be a surprise to you again, Damo, but the Kong FPL Planner is still leading on 802 points, opened up quite a gap on second place. Kappa's FC at 767. And in third place, knocking Brady out of the top three was Aman's team with 756. So Brady's still sitting fifth on 748. I'm sitting eighth on 736. And Damo, small green arrow from the nosebleeds up to 17th on 705 points. And the top score, average Joe's Reggie, he ended up getting 79 points. Yeah, I think we uh, just need to sort of do what uh, the FPL planner is doing at the moment. He's... uh obviously reached the 800, oh, 800 mark already. So whatever he is doing is working. So uh, I think we need to uh, follow along a bit more with what uh, what he's doing because whatever he's doing is working. No, definitely. Like we, we do like to joke around and um, give him a bit of stick, but to the achievement of sitting in that top 1,000 is a pretty mm. big achievement. So. Well, he's, is he um, triple, triple digits now? Yeah, I think he's maybe in the 800s. I yeah, think. yeah, I think he's fairly fairly high up there. So he's doing amazingly well, absolutely amazing. We're flying the flag for the Aussies. So Yeah, no, it's, it's funny because we always say he's um, the more organised, safe one where just <laughs> wild and out. But, um, you know, he's got a strategy and he's planning and it's actually working. And it's funny because he's planned so well and that's why he's the FPL planner. Yeah, and he's um, if you haven't actually checked out his actual FPL player, his uh, planner itself, uh, it's a free uh, Google uh, Google Doc. Uh, oh, sorry, Google whatever it is, the Excel sheet, a uh, sheet that's it, Google sheet. 
and uh, it's completely free. So check it, check him out on Twitter and download that uh, Google Sheet. It is actually amazing the amount of work he's put into it. So shout out to him. Yeah, no, definitely. And he's also open to questions as well if you have any problems as well. So he's a he's a pretty approachable character. So yeah, and we I, might- just, I just wanted to say quickly that um, it's crazy that he's actually like planning these things out because this is like it's a pretty unpredictable thing to like try and um, pick. Like everyone um, has a good go at picking which players they think will do well. But the fact that he's like um, – using all of these statistics and then it's actually working out and he sort of is like um, picking these players just mm. by like looking at the statistics despite it being such an unpredictable thing. is quite so, impressive. So just I've just pulled up his stats and he's sitting at uh, 807th in the world wow. and um, 18th in Australia. So yeah. fairly, fairly <laughs> decent, fairly decent rank. But, yeah, and he's planning so good as well that when he does make the wrong transfer in or the wrong pick, it's almost like he's planned for it to happen and he still, <laughs> still escapes the week with a decent score. So, I mean, hats off to him, but I'll never let him have a full um, free ticket, mate. Um, stop being so smug, all right? <laughs> <laughs> um, might get into the Week 11 review. Um, first up, we had Southampton and Aston Villa. So Southampton getting the win 1-0 with an absolute worldie from Armstrong. So Armstrong, he the last two weeks, he's sort of started to look a bit more comfortable. I think it's taken him a few weeks to sort of get acclimatised to the Premier League. So I think going forward, if they're good fixtures, I think he's at 5.9 still. So I think if you are wanting to sort of a downgrade option, say from a Tony or someone like that, I think, I think he's a good shout. And, it almost on the weekend, he only really had two chances and he got one goal. So I think he's he might be able to take these opportunities now. And if he does get a, a more range of opportunities, he's probably going to net a goal or two. So I think he's a decent shout for um, Southampton and also with Livermento. I mean, if you haven't got him in your team, I, I think you just need to turn the app off or something because he's for his price, he's given you what, you know, the six, six mil defenders are getting you, so... I think with these next three fixtures, you definitely should be having him in your team. And I would probably be even adjusting your team possibly if you can fit him in and actually starting each week. Um, going on to Aston Villa, I sort of I put down Bundia. He played as a number 10 in behind um, the strikers and he had four chances created, three shots, four crosses, four key passes. And he looked very lively and he sort of almost was like the outlet in attack where they would try to give him the ball as much as possible for him to feed Watkins up front. So I think as a bit of a differential, he might be worth looking at when their fixtures do open up a bit. I think they've got a couple of harder fixtures coming up, but I think once their fixtures do open up, I think he might be a good shout. Um, anyone else you're looking at on that game, Damo? Uh, not for me. I'm not really looking at any players. I... Uh, I have concerns around sort of, I know you mentioned Armstrong, but in terms of their sort of rotation of forwards at the moment between Armstrong, Adams and Broha. So I'm sort of staying away from Southampton at the moment. And in terms of Villa, Villa have lost five in a row. They've just sacked their coach. Uh, their last win was actually against, funnily enough, Man U, where they won 1-0. <laughs> uh, and their their run is quite uh, quite tough after the next two 
So I think I'll just be uh, I'll be avoiding uh, sort of Villa at all costs at the moment until sort of they sort out their their coaching staff and um, their team. So there's not really like obviously in an ideal world you probably bring in say a, a, you know a Watkins or something like that. But until uh, at least they have a coach, um, I won't be going anywhere near them. Um, how about yourself, Brady? Um, I just like to say that it's a crazy how good your memory is when it comes to Man United losses. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but in terms of the game, uh, I'm not really interested in Villa at all, but I agree with um, Damo as the like, attack is a little bit scary with just how many options they have, so it's a bit of a rotation risk. Um, I think Livermento is just sort of a little bit of a must. Um, but apart from that, if you have like... Um, any of those attackers, I'd I'd hold them for the Norwich game and then just uh, see how you go from there, I guess. Yeah, that's a fair shout-out. I think it'd be interesting to see who drops out of that team for Brohar because you can't keep Brohar on the bench after what he performed in those two games. So mm. I, think, I think it is a little bit of a risk. But, I mean, if Armstrong does start up front with Brohar, I think them two together might work well. But, I mean, Chi Adams has been going good as well, so going to be a yeah. bit confusing there on uh, who to go. And also, um, Damo, if you haven't noticed, everyone that um, plays Man United, they struggle uh, the week after or the weeks after. So Liverpool mm. smashed us and then was it a draw <laughs> against uh, Brighton and then loss against West Ham. So look out, Manchester City. He's absolutely <laughs> getting a blank this week. I actually uh, I find it quite funny because obviously we lost to you guys um, because uh, – of a penalty we couldn't convert. But since that point, I don't th- – oh, I think we might have lost one more, but um, haven't lost too many. No, <laughs> it's, lost it's, too many yeah, since, it's only so. bad luck if um, you beat us. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, anyway, I have the next game, uh, which is uh, Brentford and Norwich. And Norwich, I believe, finally got their first uh, win, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, so they so the only team that has not won a game so far is a Newcastle, which is interesting. I'm sure we'll get to that at a later point, but uh, yeah, so uh, it wasn't it wasn't a game that sort of filled me with any hope in terms of assets. Uh, it sort of obviously Brentford. The only two assets that are sort of relevant for Brentford are Wembo and Tony that we, you know, we keep talking about them, but they haven't really shown anything. They're not really filling me with any confidence. Like I have Wembo and I'm actually thinking even though they have good fixtures, I'm thinking of moving him on for someone like a Smith Rowe uh, or someone of that ilk because I just, they just haven't delivered. They haven't shown me anything so I don't know whether it's uh they the goalkeeper injury that's sort of factored in or just that little sort of bit of a downdrop given that they're a um promoted team but um but yeah they haven't really filled me with any confidence um in terms of Norwich I'm just gonna say pass on that one I'm not really interested in any Norwich assets at all uh they're just yeah as I said I, I think Norwich uh I think Norwich and Burnley are probably the the two that will go down uh, at the moment, and then uh, obviously it'll be a bit of a shit fight for the rest. But um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's me. How about yourself, Quentin? 
Yeah, no, I sort of on the same to you. I sort of I just pointed out in Burma this game had the three chances created with the offside offside goal as well as the three crosses. So mm. he is creating attack, but I think they really do miss Ryan goals. So I think he was the key to their transition football. I think with his fast release when he got the ball, it kind of helps, I guess, how they attacked. So I think they're actually struggling to sort of play that similar football with a different goalkeeper, but. They have been a bit of a letdown. I sort of, it's hard to know what to do when you're looking at the eye test because Nbermo does look good in the eye test, but if you've had him for a few weeks waiting for that return, it, it's, I guess you've got to weigh up whether you know you're happy just to cut ties and go elsewhere for a better sort of priced asset. And um, in regards to their defense, I sort of looked at Pinnock and Henry. I think. If you are wanting to buy into their defense now that Rye is obviously not playing, um, I think they are a decent shout. But it just—I'm not sure how their defensive um, or how good their resilience are going to be in defense without Rye and goals because he seemed like he was a bit, a bit of a communicator. So I'm not sure whether that's going to impact at all. But yeah, outside of that, I have no interest in this game. No Pookie party. Or, yeah, no, nah, no interest. What about you, Brady? Um, yeah, I wanted to point out that um, Norman bagged, um, and he was uh, my sort of Kenny McLean esque pick from um, a podcast a few weeks ago. And I um, uh, just wanted to point out the fact that everyone who's made a Kenny McLean pick on the pod right now um, has bagged, except for, of course, Kenny McLean himself. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, look, I'm sure the goal's coming. He's due. Um, but, hey. In the championship next year, mate. I'll say that. Uh, have a good season. Game week game week 38, mate. Game week 38. And then <laughs> Quentin will be all, all over it. He'll be, be like, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe then. But, yeah, I think uh, if memory serves, Damo picked um, El Yanezi, who was his mm. sort of Kenny McLean pick, and he scored on international break and I think like a couple of weeks or yeah, a couple of weeks after he, he picked him. Um, so yeah, but um, apart from that, um, I think Norman could actually still be a, an all right sort of um, a bench option as that sort of like Brown Hill spot as everyone sort of has. Um, just cause look, when, when something does happen through Norwich, it usually does come through him. Um, but yeah, not much really happens through Norwich, obviously. So um, yeah, not the best pick. But um, Omabama Delhi could be all right uh, with new management. He's only three point nine, so who knows? Um, with Brentford, I think um, I think people are a bit a bit harsh on them because of how good they started their season. Like they they came up and they've been they were pretty fantastic at the start of the season. I think now that they've sort of dropped off a little bit people have been too harsh because they might expect a little bit too much of them. But um, yep. I still really like their assets, especially in Buemo uh, and uh, Tony. So if you have them, I'd probably definitely hold them. If you're looking at bringing them in, I'm not sure. But um, like they still look they look all right. I think they've got um, a good chance of scoring some goals or getting some points. Yeah, I think they've got three decent fixtures still. So it, it's not like a rush, rush to get them out. But, yeah, definitely agree. They it, It's hard if the eye test because they do look good. But. Yeah, I think 
they, they should get some points soon. Um, I just, yeah, I think people are too quick to get out Brentford assets be, just because of how, yeah, good they've been at the start of the season. Yeah, I guess it's built up a bit of a, I guess, a, an opinion of them. And now, obviously, they're not delivering like they were. It sort of it feels like a bit of a letdown. But I think if you take a step back, you kind of go, you know, this is probably how we expected them to play when they first come up, not how they were playing. So, I think yeah. that's a good shout. Exactly. Like they were in the championship last season. I think there's been a little bit of a high expectation set on them. Um, but, yeah, that's about no. it. No, definitely. Um, might get on to Palace and Wolves. Um, this is a great game, but also a disappointing game. Um, I might talk about Palace first. Gallagher just continues to just look amazing. He had four chances, two shots, one goal, five crosses, 62 touches. So he is just now just starting to link games together instead of being a bit more consistent, I guess, on the, the fantasy points side of things. Like he's still... Is playing the same he's played all season. But I think with um, Milibojevic off the park, he plays a bit more advanced. So I really hope they don't bring him back into the into the starting lineup just because I, I like the way Gallagher plays when he's not playing. So if he does continue to play more advanced, I think he's an absolute must. I think he's 5.8 at the moment, I think, or he might be even creeping up to 5.9. But I think Gallagher is definitely a good shout, obviously, with their decent fixtures at the moment. And um, from a defensive point of view, I think Mitchell looks really good. He's, I think he's a decent price asset. I'd have to double-check. Do you know what his price is, Damo? Oh, who was that, sorry? Uh, Mitchell from Palace. Oh, he'd be low fours, but uh, give me two seconds. Uh, well, uh, Mitchell, he is actually he's uh, higher than I thought he was, four point five. Oh, see, yeah, it's still not a bad price. He's mm. um getting down that wing and sort of providing a bit of an attacking outlet there, um, getting the balls into the box for Zaha and the like. So. I think if you are wanting to look at a, a defensive asset, he might be worth a shout. And um, in regards to Wolves, they just look very flat in attack and no one really looked like getting a return that game. I think Hwang sort of looked the only one that Nelly scored a goal, but they really didn't have many shots on target. And I think that it might just be a bit of a one-off performance. I'd say next game they're definitely going to uh, tweak a few things and they should be back to how they were beforehand. And um, Sar in goals... Um, continues to get the save bonuses but they just still can't keep clean sheets so he is a decent asset at the back there um five million but um you're kind of hoping that they get that defense sort of because it's it's frustrating watching him concede for a couple of minutes left on the clock most weeks and then on the weekend conceded the two goals so i think if you are looking at a set and forget keeper he's a good choice but also you're paying a bit more than ramsdale so sort of up to i guess how your team set out Anything else you'd like to add, Damo? Uh, I, I just want to add how good is Gallagher. Uh, 11 and 13 in the last two. Uh, also a bit of a sneaky uh, for Zaha. scoring. Eight, he scored eight and eight, so obviously two eights the last two weeks. Uh, that's pretty much it in terms of Palace. In terms of Wolves, I can't say that I can recommend any Wolves assets uh, for this week. Obviously, they pay, they play the might and power of West Ham, and we're going to do a number on them. So, uh, you know, don't. So I was ha- going to have ten save points, <laughs> mate, because he's just going to be making saves all day. So, uh, yeah, so I wouldn't recommend uh, captaining, you know, Jimenez or any of them because they're just going to blank for uh, 90, uh, another mighty West Ham win. 
Uh, how, about you, how, about, how about yourself? Uh, I've, I've gone blank, right? Oh, there you go, Brady. Uh, how about yourself, Brady? Um, yeah, uh, Palace, um, I think, should be taken a bit more seriously because they've been pretty damn good recently. Their attack's not awesome, but they've got a pretty great fixture run until um, game week 20, I think. Um, their defense is fantastic. Um, I have a little stat. Um, their non-penalty expected goals conceded is 1.04. Um, only Chelsea and Man City have uh, better. So um, it's pretty good, especially considering their fixture run hasn't been the easiest either. They've versed some pretty tough teams as well and still pulling out a... Um, Expected goals conceded like that is pretty impressive. Um, yeah. So I had Gay written down as a, a decent 4.5 million uh, defender bench option. Um, I think him and Mitchell are pretty similar. I would, I don't know, I think I might prefer Gay a little bit more. Um, their keeper as well, Guaita, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, could also be a shout at 4.5. Um Gallagher is fantastic, obviously. Um, my only thought is maybe he could be a rotation risk when uh, Eze returns and if uh, Lise starts playing a bit more. But is it's, that uh, uh, Gallagher? Yeah, it's going to be pretty oh, hard for him to... I, I to, wouldn't think so. Yeah, it's going to be pretty hard, but it um, could be a consideration. Um, just something you keep in the back of your mind. But yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty hard to bench oh. Gallagher with how he's playing. Um, I... I really rate Eze. Like, I know quite a number of years ago we tried to sign him and uh, Palace sort of beat us to the punch. So I, I sort of know how talented he is. But uh, the way that Gallagher's playing is just unreal. So Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I would hazard to say they will probably bench someone else over Gallagher. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine so. Just a little... Mm. I don't know, piece of information to maybe yeah, no, in case the form drops off. Um, yeah. Do you think um, they might even change the formation just a little bit and maybe play Gallagher as a number 10 and then bring Eze in sort of out wide or do you think that's the formation that he's got is pretty much what they're going to play? Um, I don't know. Formations are sometimes a hard thing to yeah, change. I think it's, like, uh, it's not something you just do sort of... Willy nilly, I guess, but um, and I think yeah. it's team dependent too. It depends yeah. on who they play. Yeah, so it definitely. seems like Edward's playing out wide now, and um, Andre um, is sort of on the bench. So mm. yeah, um, I did just want to touch on Wolves though. Um, I think if Blue Balls was a football team, it'd probably be Wolves. <laughs> they're just the, the build-ups there. There's just no. Uh, finish. Um, it's just, yeah, I don't know. They've they've been like that all season. It's just, uh, I think, especially Traore. If Blue Balls was a person, it'd be Traore. <laughs> um, the man, yeah, he looks so damn good, but he cannot shoot to save him uh, to save his life. So, um, I wonder yeah. how many. I wonder how many Australianisms that we've sort of put into the podcast, <laughs> where our where our international sort of. Uh, listeners 
like looking at it going, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just FYI, listeners, please don't Google blue balls. Uh, it's not going to be, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> is, is blue balls, is that, a, is that an Australian specific thing? Uh, I, I don't know if it's an Australian, maybe. But um, I'm not going to seem to Google. use it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I say I'm not going to Google it to find out. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say about Wolf. Uh, <laughs> no, decent. Uh, the next game is mine. It is uh, the Chelsea uh, one Burnley one game, and as I said, this this game was a game of what if. Uh, what if Chelsea would have kept the clean sheet? Would have been amazing for me since I captain uh, James but uh, we sort of move on uh, as I said in terms of Chelsea assets I love their defense I love their defensive players uh, they have literally sort of helped me change my philosophy around having two defensive assets I think uh, in terms of having two defensive assets, if you're going to have from anyone, it has to come from Chelsea. Uh, James, Chilwell, Rudiger, all great assets, uh, all seem nailed uh, at this point. But uh, when you, so you, you never know, you sort of never know these days. But I think those three are, have been really, really good. And if you got if you got onto them early, um, they've generated a hell of a lot of points. Um, for you, so well done. Uh, Havertz is sort of ticking along, but I think he's a bit of a trap. Uh, I know Lukaku's going to be back soon. Um, I would hazard to say that Havertz will lose. Um, I don't think he'll lose um, his spot in the team, but in terms of the opportunities to score, I think will be far less with Lukaku back in the team. Uh, as for uh, Burnley, uh, with... Palace, Tottenham, Wolves, Newcastle and West Ham to come in the next five. I actually can't see where a win comes for them in the next five. I would completely avoid them. As I said, I think um, they're going to be going down. So uh, I don't know whether uh, <laughs> whether you have any sort of different thoughts about uh, that, Quentin, but um, I just I can't see it with Burnley at the moment. So how about yourself, yeah, Quentin? I might start with uh, Burnley. I think I think you're pretty close to the mark there. It's hard to see them staying up, but then with a player like Corne, he sort of seems to be able to just put the team on his back and mm. and sort of, I guess, in attack, get them over the line. Obviously, against Chelsea, it's a bit harder task just because Chelsea are a, a far better defensive team than some of the other teams in the Premier League. So. It's sort of, I guess you pretty much just write these type of games off as a loss pretty much. And if you do manage to get a draw like they did, you know, that's a win for them. So it'd be interesting to see they are starting to string better form together. But, yeah, I sort of, when I did the start of the season and looked at the teams, I sort of picked Burnley to go down. So nothing's really changed our mind yet, but it'd be sort of a wait and watch. Um, I think that Cornet might be a decent shout um, with their fixtures, but... You know, you're paying six million, so you've got the likes of Smith Rowe. It's a bit cheaper, so that that sort of might throw a bit of a spinner in the works. And also Gallagher's a bit cheaper as well. So it'd be one of those ones that you only pick him up if you're wanting to go the differential, or if you're playing draft league, you sort of pick him up. So in regards to Chelsea, I sort of I wrote down Chewell and James as wing backs. They are just phenomenal at the moment. They're sort of a lot cheaper than Trent Alexander Arnold, and they're just 
on an absolute tear. So Chilwell didn't get the return this week, but 81 touches for a for a wing back is insane, and and still managed to get three shots off and pretty much played pretty much uh, like a winger up front. So very advanced. And then also James had 104 touches, eight crosses, five key passes, six chances created, and one assist. So from a wing back, that's that's incredible. And that's sort of if even if you're a midfielder man, those stats are insane. So I think the double up might be worth going if you've obviously got bench cover just in case they fall to the rotation risk. I think Chilwell's probably a bit more setting stone than James is, but I think it might be you just weigh up the risk first reward, and I think the reward's pretty decent. Myself, I'm probably not going to double up the Chelsea assets. I'll just sort of do the one or the other, but I think if you are wanting to get both in, I think um, there's going to be weeks where you're going to be absolutely cheering. Um, what about you, Brady? Um, I think he's pretty much covered everything. Um, yeah, Chelsea defense is fantastic, and um, the wing max system—it's been coming for a while, but it's really shining this season. I think, like even Ollie's resorted to using it now at Man United to try and um, save himself a job. <laughs> he's doing his Sorry. best, and, yeah, he's doing his best Conte impression. He heard he was going to get replaced by the man, so he just tried to be him instead. Um, but yeah, like the wing back system is mate, really working this season, mate. It's it's, it's all in, mate. It's all in. <laughs> well, you, you just keep you keep keeping that manager because he's he's amazing, mate. <laughs> well, yeah, if he, I don't know, if somehow he does just turn into Conte, then I won't be complaining. But <laughs> hey, um, yeah, and wing backs are fantastic for FPL as well because the yeah the attacking possibility it provides is yeah it's, it's awesome um but yeah burnley don't really have good fixtures at the moment but i think uh if their fixtures open up maybe Cornet is an option um but yeah apart from that but yeah everything's been been covered pretty well yeah, no that's definitely like christmas wood starting to look a bit better but yeah just one of those things you don't really want to jump on them when the fixtures aren't exactly the best yeah, um, heading to the the main game of the week, um, United versus Man City. Um, this was a painful watch, and the funny thing is, I, I jumped on uh, the watch along with the Addicts boys on the weekend, and I couldn't really do the the same thing I did with the Liverpool game and um, sort of turn it off at halftime and go to bed. So I had to pretty much stay and watch the whole thing. So I was kind of hoping that it wasn't going to be the same result. Um, De Gea goals pretty much kept us in that game because it probably should have been about 5-0 at halftime if it wasn't for him. So I thank De Gea for uh, not exactly embarrassing me while I was on the watch-along, but um, watching uh, Manchester City, it almost looked like a cat playing if it like half-dead mouse, just keeping it alive but letting it have a little bit of hope. So it was it was a bad watch as a United fan, but... As a Manchester City fan, watching Cancelo fly down that wing, play pretty much like a, a third striker up front, um, he didn't really have to defend much anyway. Um, had four shots, two chances created, got the assist, um, three crosses. Um, this season he's had the most touches in the attacking third out of any player in the FPL with 367, with Salah coming in second on 356. So that just shows how insane he's been this year. And I think Foden and Silva both played well. Foden probably has been a bit unlucky the last couple of weeks. Um, probably should have got a fantasy return, but it's one of those sticky situations where I got him in two weeks ago 
for the minus four and haven't really got the return yet. But, yeah, it's going to be one of those things where it's just going to be a wait and watch to see possibly the next game, maybe give him another chance and to see how he goes. What about you, Damo? Uh, yeah, so for me, obviously, I'll start with Man City. I think if you haven't got Cancelo, I think Cancelo is one of, if not the most important player down back. Uh, I would rate sort of Cancelo up there with TAA. You know, I love TAA as a player uh, as well. So uh, he's a must-have. Uh, if you have a bit of coin, I I wouldn't sort of go against getting, say, an Ederson for the stretch. I know it's a bit more expensive, but uh, the fixtures coming up are actually quite decent. Uh, as I said, I'm not I'm not sort of a fan of getting an expensive keeper, but if it's sort of within your budgets and things like that, uh, might not be a bad shout because at the moment we're not really looking at three child, uh, sorry uh, city assets, so. Um, he, you know, he might be a shout for uh, that position. Uh, Bernardo just kind of keeps ticking along. I think he sort of established himself as the sort of mid-price city asset uh, in that uh, sort of, you know, between Foden himself, Gundogan. Uh, Gundogan. Um, I think uh, he's the one that sort of stands out. Uh, as for Man U, uh, they're... Um, as much as I sort of give Man U shit, and I do give Man U a lot of shit, they are uh, their crazy good stretch is coming. So uh, I would start planning for it now. Uh, and I think at this stage, I'm probably only going to go Ronaldo. I know uh, Hugh was on uh, with uh, the Juice this morning, FPL Juice, and uh, they were sort of talking about um, Bruno as well. But I would – I'm not in the Bruno camp. I'd probably be more in the Ronaldo camp. Um, at this stage, I'm probably not going to bring in Shaw. Uh, he's burnt me so many times. So <laughs> unless he can actually show me um, something, I definitely won't be bringing him in. Uh, just want to note as well, I've sort of um, – as I've been – scrolling um, in the socials. I've just um, seen that Pogba may miss the rest of the season. So um, he has injured himself in international duty and he could be done not only for the rest of the 2021 campaign, but he can potentially sign a pre-contract term with overseas clubs. So sort of watch that space I could um, make Fred an FPL asset now. <laughs> <laughs> so just watch that space in terms of Pogba because it might have been the last time he he plays for Man United. So uh, how about uh, yourself, uh, Brady? Um, yeah, well, um, props to Man City getting a win at Old Trafford. Despite our form, it's always pretty big to get a win at Old Trafford. I'm sure all of their three fans will be ecstatic. Um, <laughs> but um, apart from that, um, Man City have pretty good fixtures for a while. Um, Cancelo started every game this season. He looks fantastic. Um, a, like a guaranteed starter in a Man City squad is pretty rare. So if you don't have him, what are you doing? Um, but... Yeah, they they look all right. It's just the rotation risk is 
crazy, especially over Christmas. There's so many games that need to be played. There's going to be so much rotation, especially with Pep. Um, it's just it's going to be really hard to pick a consistent player. Um, but yeah, Silver looks really good. It's just, yeah, if he keeps getting those minutes. Um, for Man United, if uh, if Bailly can score goals like that in the correct goal, then I'd be considering him for an FPL asset. Like, <laughs> tight angle on the volley, great finish, to be fair. Um, <laughs> Rose needs a Manchester City shirt because the winner <laughs> play was great with Cancelo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think for Man United, their fixture swing is fantastic from game week 15 up until game week 27, I think it is. Um, could be worth bringing in some assets. I think Ronaldo is probably your best. Um, he's, he's, I think he's better than Bruno uh, at this point. Unless Bruno has penalties, then there could be um, a bit of a debate. Um, but until we get some penalties and see who's um, taking them, Ronaldo is probably better. Um, Rashford could be good if he uh, finds some sort of consistency in the team. Um, but apart from that, maybe De Gea, um, he's getting a lot of saves, except with how shit our defense is, especially <laughs> with Varane. Uh, he's probably not going to keep many clean sheets, um, but the save points will be there. Um, but yeah, who knows with Man United at the moment, Ollie's just a bit of a mess. I, think, I, don't, I don't think he knows what he's doing. Um, <laughs> he's just, yeah, I don't know, he's holding on for dear life at the moment. Yeah, like I mentioned before, he's just tried to be an entirely different manager. <laughs> just, I don't know. But yeah, we'll, um, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully he um, pulls it together and uh, figures something out. But yeah. Could you imagine De Gea turning up to work? It's almost like um, when you go to your job and you, and you know that there's that one lazy employee, which is Maguire for Man United, <laughs> and knowing that you've got to do all the heavy lifting, knowing that you've got a long day in front of you. And you you can do your best, but at the end of the day, you've got a lazy worker in front of you who's doing fuck all. Yeah, it's like when you you're not a you're not at school when the um, the uh, students pick uh, their groups for like a, a group project, and you just end up in the the dud group. You just with uh, Shaw and Maguire. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, or picking Danny lines instead of picking up um, Mo Salah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, on that note, love how um, Man United supporters are just self-destructing here. But uh, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I could listen to this all night. It's like it's like porn to me. But uh, let's go to the next game. It's uh, Brighton versus Newcastle. Uh, obviously, the massive highlight for this game was uh, Trossard. Massive tick for Trossard. Uh, I uh, will say, though... Keep an eye on Lamptey. I know he didn't play the full 90, but he is a highly, highly rated youngster. Um, coming back from injury, he's been injured the last couple of years and hasn't really – he's had a, a few false starts. So if he can get uh, on a little bit of a stretch and a run, he's another one that has come from that Chelsea Academy uh, who we've talked about? We've talked about the quality that Ch- the of the Chelsea Academy the last couple of weeks. Um, I think he could be one that uh, could 
um, be great for Brighton in this stretch because they do have quite a good run. Uh, in terms of Newcastle, I think the biggest question is not uh, what assets to bring in, but who's going to coach them. Uh, I know, I think there's talks that Eddie Howe, which the, the former um, uh, Bournemouth coach... I think he's being confirmed today that is he is the coach. Oh, is yeah. he confirmed now? Yeah, so obviously he coached Wilson um, and so potentially on that note, um, I would be looking at uh, a Wilson or even like I'm probably going to be keeping a St. Max at this stage uh, for the for the short term. Uh, if Newcastle are ever going to get a win, it's going to be in this next stretch. Um, and they have to. They I don't think they can afford to go down, uh, especially with the money that um, is going to be pouring into the sort of their team soon. Uh, I just don't think they can afford to go down. So uh, just watch that space for um, uh, for Newcastle in terms of who they sign and um, what their setup is going to be under how. Uh, how about yourself, Brady? Um, yeah, I think Brighton um, are good for that sort of like 4.5 uh, million defender bench option. Um, you can go with pretty much any one of their defenders if they're starting. Um, but yeah, apart from that, Eddie Howe's a great manager and, um, I think he'll, he'll, I don't know, I feel like, like he's, he's got a tough gig at Newcastle, but I think he'll Mm. be able to keep him up. Um, I think if options for Newcastle is probably, uh, only Wilson, he's, um, on penalties, 7.3 million. Um, the fixtures are good short term, so it could be worth a look in. I think he is a l- little bit of a better option than St. Max. Um, I would probably avoid, avoid their defense entirely. Menkeo is probably the best shout, though, but I still wouldn't he, recommend him. I was going to say, he didn't play on the weekend, though, did he? No, I think he's he's played a lot of minutes, though, this season. So mm. I don't think he's like out of the team at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be bringing him in anyway. I'd be avoiding their defense. Yeah, that's fair yeah. enough. Yeah, I sort of, I'll, I won't really touch on too much. I sort of, I agree with Wilson. I think he's a, he did have a quiet game on the weekend, but I think he's a decent um, asset to own over this um, sort of Newcastle run. If you're looking at uh, Newcastle, I think with the appointment of Howe, I think that's only going to improve um, how well Wilson does. I think he's one of those plays that doesn't need a lot of chances to score. He sort of seems to be getting one or two chances and he's sort of putting a goal away. So I think he's had four goals in uh, five starts this year, I think. So he hasn't really played too much time because of the injury and that. But I think he's a decent shout. And um, Trossard from Brighton, he just looked amazing again on the weekend. He sort of has those patches where it might be three or four games where he just looks really good and you kind of want to try get on him when he's hitting that purple patch. And I think with their their run coming up, I think it's a decent shout to get on him. He's had three chances created on the weekend of five shots and one goal and had 62 touches. So he's quite involved in attack. Um, I sort of – and the defense, Lamptey, I think it's a good shout that you mentioned, Damo. I think at that price, I think that's a – at someone you could have as like your fifth bench option. You don't. Mm. You sort of just bring him in when you want to bring him in. But I sort of I've been looking at Kukureya at the moment. He, he looks really good in attack. Um, he's he looks good in in defense. I think um, 
in these easier fixtures, I, I think it's uh, not if he's going to get an attacking return. I say, like, I think when. So it's just sort of just, I guess it's just a waiting game. You're paying that $5 million for a defender. You kind of want to sort of know that you're going to get those attacking returns. But I think possibly you'll see it in the next game. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident he's going to get an attacking return over the next couple of weeks. But I'm sort of in that period where I'm not sure whether I want to downgrade to Ernie or upgrade the point two to go to Kukurea. So we'll see how we go. Yep. Um, next up, we got Arsenal and Watford. Uh, this was, I got up and watched this game just because of Aubameyang uh, being my captain. And I was, uh, you know, before the kickoff, I was feeling pretty confident, pretty happy. Um, Saka got the early goal with an assist from Aubameyang, even though it was more of a Aubameyang fumbled the ball to Saka and he scored. So, I was on cloud nine for about 35 seconds and then it got ruled out. And then about 15 minutes later, Aubameyang got the penalty. So I was absolutely buzzing knowing that Aubameyang's on penalties and very rarely does he miss, even though he's already missed one this year. But his history, he doesn't usually miss too many. And, um, yeah, he missed the penalty. And then slightly after, I think in frustration, he took someone out and got a yellow card. So... I think I was sitting on minus six at half time, so it was a good watch. <laughs> um, one of those things where it gets to the point where all you can do is laugh. Pretty much, it's not worth. It's not worth sort of feeling upset. I think it's just just a game to me. So I sort of I just yeah. kind of laughed, laughed, rocked a little. I'm um, in the fetal position for a little bit, but I uh, I come good in the second half. I'm um, sort of just hoping that he was going to score a goal. So that sort of kept me awake for that um, last half. Um, in regards to the Smith Rowe and Saka, Smith Rowe obviously got the the goal again, but this game he seemed to sit a little bit deeper than he has in the past. So I'm not sure how that's going to look going forward because Saka did look more attacking. Sort of, I guess we're in the in the right spots uh, to score a goal, whereas sort of Smith Rowe got his goal just from a rebound and sort of was in the right place at the right time and put in the net. So. Depending on how they look going forward, I'm not sure whether I would want to invest till I see whether he's going to be sitting deep every week or whether it was just a one-off. So, But in regards to Watford, I'm, I'm, I'm not really looking at anyone. And defensive assets from Arsenal, they've only got a few more good games left. And I do like the shout of Tavares. I'm not sure how long Tierney's going to be out for. They, they seem to be very sort of hush-hush about it. So... If he does continue to start, he looks very good as well as Tommy Yasu out wide as well. He he's going really good in that other other side of the field. So apart from that, I'm not really looking at anyone else. What about you, Damo? Uh yeah. I um obviously for Arsenal I think uh as a sub five keeper, I think Ramsdale is probably the best in the game currently. I think he's sitting at about 4.8 mil, but I think he's the best sub uh, 5 million keeper that you can get. Uh, I really like, uh, I have liked um, White's game. He's uh, at 4.4. He's impressing uh, me sort of down back uh, for Arsenal. I know he's a centre back, but um, he's hasn't been too bad. However, I do want to preface with um, Arsenal do have Man United and Liverpool in the next uh, five. So I'm actually praising you here. <laughs> I, I thought it was, it was about to no. say. No. No, no. In all honesty, whenever all jokes aside, Man, Man United games are tough. Like, 
regardless. Um, you know, I might give you guys as much crap as possible, but um, they are a quality uh, opposition. You know, they they wouldn't have the plays they do um, if they didn't. But uh, but yeah, so it's, I wouldn't necessarily be bringing in uh, Arsenal defensive assets. Uh, I love. Um, I'm sort of slightly different to to UQ, where I actually love Smith Rowe's game. Um, I know he, as you said, he probably played a little bit more defensive um, than than sort of usual. But his last three games, he scored 13, 9 and 8. So for a 5.8 million defender, oh, defender, sorry, midfielder, and I think he's gone up something like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, did he start the game at 5.0? Uh, he was, I think it was 5.5 and then he went down to 5.3. Uh, then he went, yeah, yeah, okay. Because I, cause I remember yeah. him being, I remember him being 5.3 one point. That's why I wasn't sure whether he'd started at 5.0 or 5. But regardless, um, regardless of that, he's absolute value and absolute steal at that price. Uh, you know, he's already racked up 57 points. So uh, I absolutely love his game. Uh, he's one that I will be looking at. Uh, potentially to re- replace him Wembo if uh, he doesn't do something probably next week uh, or the next uh, game week. Uh, I would absolutely, I've got to say this about Arsenal, I would absolutely love to see Laka be given 90 minutes week in, week out to see what he could potentially do. I think he's a bit, of, um, he's a bit lost at Arsenal. Um, he's another one that... Um, you know, I'd love to sign him at West Ham personally. I think he's a great talent. I think he'll end up uh, moving on from Arsenal at the end of the season because he's just not been, he's not given the opportunities. He's got talent to burn. So, um, yes, yeah, so that's a bit of a shame with with that one. He's not, as I said, he's not fantasy relevant um, by any stretch of the means. But um, I think he's a terrific talent. Uh, yeah. How about you? Uh, how about yourself, uh, Brady? Um, I think just for Watford, their um, fixtures aren't great in the short term but I still think um, Foster is a mm. fantastic 4 million um, bench goalkeeper option um, obviously this week um, it's obvious that he's able to get those big point returns um, but yeah obviously their fixtures aren't great in the short term but um, I think you should definitely keep an eye on him um, Arsenal players I think um, like their fixtures are turning for the worst now, pretty much. So I think if you have them, maybe hold hold them for the um for that Newcastle game. But um, I, I don't I don't know if I'd be bringing any in. And the next game is uh, Everton and Spurs, and it was a thrilling nil nil uh, draw uh, for Everton. I um, don't get suckered into Digne. Uh He's a massive trap. So I know he uh, scored well in that game. Uh, I believe he got some bonus, but uh, but yeah, I have had him in the past. I had him at the start of the season, and for me, he's he's the biggest tra- trap in the game. Uh, Everton do have a really hard run uh, over the next five. They got Man City, Liverpool, and Arsenal in the next five. So I wouldn't be looking at anyone from Everton. I know Decore and DCL should be back relatively soon, probably in the next 
I reckon one to two weeks. Did they sew uh, um, Ducore's leg back on? Or is... <laughs> <laughs> I think well, Ducore's definitely closer um, to come back, uh, or he, he definitely will be come back for DCL. I think DCL is uh, probably two to three weeks uh, away. Ducore uh, should be back next week, and I think DCL is probably two to three away but once they get their full complement of uh lineup back uh they should be good in terms of spurs i think it's your son in all honesty if you're going to get anyone from spurs uh it's your son uh they've got great fixtures but um they they still need time to gel with their coach um you know find their style uh will play to play to the conte style um but I do want to say that, uh, and as I probably said this in previous weeks, I still think Kane just doesn't want to be there. And, you know, I mean, I could be completely wrong. I could be completely off the mark. But he just, he doesn't look right. He uh, played that one great game. But, uh, he's you know, he's playing one great game in, what, 11 game weeks. So um, I think if you're looking at Spurs assets at this stage, I think it's Son and Son only. Um, how about yourself, Q? Yeah, sort of. I don't really have any, any interest at Everton at the moment. I sort of, until DCL comes back and Decore, I sort of, I'm probably not going to look at him too much. Um, in regards to Spurs, I, I, I still don't get the hype around Sun and Kane. It's almost like when they got Conte and everyone thought they were going to turn into peak Barcelona and, you know, people were taking minus four hits to get in the likes of Sun and that. So, I just, mm. I'm just not sold at the moment. I mean, they are their fixture run is about to start, so I mean, it could look pretty silly when they bang in goals against the easier opponents. But I think out of at the moment, the only people that I sort of looked looked to go right on the weekend was uh, Emerson and Regulon. I thought uh, they got forward quite a quite a fair bit. So I think the system that Conte is wanting to play, I think he's going to make them play more advanced. So I think if they if their defense sort of does hold up and they and they stop leaking goals. I think they might be worth um, looking at, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not really going to buy into the Son or Kane hype till I see it with my own eyes. Um, what about you, Brady? Um, I'm not looking at Everton at all, really. But Spurs are interesting. They've got um, a good fixture run up until about game week 16, um, and then a little bit of a drop, and then. Um, from game week 19 to 21, they look pretty good again. Um, I think with Conte coming in, he's going to play the wing-back system that he always does. Um, so Regulon looks pretty good. Um, it's just sort of a little bit of a wait and see to see which wing-backs he prefers because um, he might switch it up a little bit. Um, yeah, I think you got Doherty on the bench as well, possibly. Yeah, could come yeah in. he might um, come back and make some appearances. But... Um, other than that, Kane and Son are the big talking points. I, I don't really want to write off Harry Kane because, like, he's been pretty damn good for quite a mm. while. Um, so it's it's sort of hard to believe that he's just um, not going to be performing for the whole season. Um, but we'll see. I do really like Son. Um, I think there could be a chance that um, Antonio plays two up front with Son and Kane. Um, but um, if 
Conte does turn things around, then I think um, Son will be a fantastic option. Yeah, no, nah, that's I, I sort of it's I feel a bit harsh going in on um, Son and Kane because they have proven in the past that they can be quite um, good fantasy assets, but I sort of I, I don't really want to buy into it till I can see it, and and obviously, you know, it could cost me a bit if sort of Son hits two goals um, when their fixture run opens up, but. Yeah, I just think it's one of those things where when you're spending that much money, I kind of want to see something before I sort of buy into it. Yeah, well, um, I think Son's still been sort of ticking along as the season's been going. Kane's been quite underwhelming, but um, yeah, he's still been um, doing all right. He's gotten four goals this season, so it's not horrible. Um Yeah, he has yeah. been pretty consistent this year, with, even when um, Spurs have been pretty terrible this year he's still sort of been pretty much their whole offense yeah he is that sort of beacon of light in the Spurs team um but yeah we'll uh we'll see what um Conte does with them but I think um it could be worth bringing them in yeah no definitely um might get on to the next fixture we've got Leeds and Leicester I'm not really interested um in Leicester at all at the moment I sort of I was looking at Ian Nacho, but I don't think he played on the weekend, so it was a bit disappointing. Um, Vardy, he looks, he did get a goal on, on the weekend, I think, but it got ruled offside, so um, a bit disappointing for the people that had him. But I've sort of, he, I think he's hitting his form slump that he does every year, where he might go for six, seven games and sort of not get too much, and then obviously, usually gets back into the swing of things after Christmas, so. Probably just one to watch um, for when their fixtures do open back up. I sort of, I'm not sure. I think their fixtures aren't too bad at the moment, but the way it's going at the moment, I probably wouldn't be investing the money um, into Vardy. Um, in regards to Leeds, Rafinha just goes on to show that he's just an absolute must-have at that price. He he pretty much is a Leeds attack. If if he's playing, you know, you can almost guarantee that they're going to score a goal and he's going to have some uh, hand in it, whether it's an assist or scoring it. So he had four chances on the weekend, had three shots, one goal, eight crosses and 67 touches. So he just showed that he's dominant. So sort of similar to Gallagher, you know, when, when they're on that type of mood, they could easily bang two goals in. So at his price, it definitely wouldn't be getting him out at the moment. But, yeah, apart from that, I'm not really looking at anyone else. What about you, Dama? Uh, yeah, you've, you've covered that one quite well in terms of uh, leads. I think Rafinha is your only option or the only um, asset at the moment. Uh, in terms of Leicester, they have a lot of players that are currently flagged. So I'd sort of keep note on that and not make any moves on them. I'm talking about Barnes and Tielemans. Uh, I would keep Vardy for now, but prepare to move him on if he doesn't fire up uh, with the fixtures after Chelsea. So obviously got a hard fixture this uh, coming game week in Chelsea. Uh, then, his fi- then Leicester's fixtures do open up, but if he can t- sort of continues a blank in the next probably two to three, I would, um, has to say, you'd probably move him on for... Um, uh, whoever the next up-and-comer is, whether that's um, Ronaldo or if Kane finds some form uh, potentially. But, uh, but yeah, it's a wait-and-see for me. Uh, how about yourself, uh, Brady? Um, yeah, pretty much the same. Vardy's been very frustrating to own these past few weeks. Um, probably the only person 
um, I'd even consider from the whole game is Rafinha. Leeds have um, all right fixtures, uh, fixtures sorry, short term. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably only consider Rafinha from the entire game. Well, I have the uh, next game, and it is the last game we'll talk about before. Strap we... yourself in, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll try and keep it under half an hour, boys, yeah? Uh, <laughs> so that was the, uh, the the mighty West Ham uh, winning 3-2 over Liverpool to take third spot. Uh, in terms of West Ham assets, I think our strength is is um, really coming through in the midfield. So uh, with uh, attack, attacking options such as Fornals, uh, Bowen, I know Ben Rama hasn't really performed lately in the league, but obviously um, in the, uh, I think it was either Europa or if, um, FL Cup, uh, he scored two goals. I can't remember which one it was. But um, any one of them, uh, uh, actually re- oh, really good options in terms of a uh, mid-price uh, mid-price price player in the midfield. At the moment, uh, I would rate them in this order. I would rate them as Bowen as clear number one. Um, he has now returned, I believe, in seven out of the eight last fixtures, if I'm not mistaken. So either six out of seven or seven out of eight, which is amazing for a player that... Uh, at a price, I think he's 6.3 now, and he's only about 2% owned. So I have been harping on about Bowen for a very long time on this podcast, and um, I'm glad to see that uh, other people are finally starting to notice um, his talents because he is an absolute talent. Uh, so, yes, I would rate Bowen as number one, four nails as number two, and Ben Rama at number three at the moment. Uh, four nails played a crazy game. Uh, he could have had uh, more returns had the goal that he scored uh, be counted as an actual goal to him rather than as an own goal to the keeper. But, um, yeah, so I'll sort of rate them in that order. Antonio, again, I say this every week, but he's going nowhere for, um, in my team. He may, he may not uh, get returns every week, but he's in the play every week. He could have had one or two goals um, uh, in that Liverpool game. Had he have just kicked it a little bit forward and there was a certain play where uh, all he needs to do is uh, kick it just to in front of him and he had a clear run to the goal. But, um, yeah, he's, he's the type of player that'll, that'll bob up for one or two goals um, unexpectedly. Um, I, as I said, I don't fear any fixture at the moment. Um in terms of uh, who we play, uh, life's great as a, as a hammer at the moment. So it's where we're, we're playing. No, but in all honesty, like as a West Ham supporter, and, and you, I don't want to throw you guys under the bus, but you, you, you don't, you don't sort of understand. As a West Ham supporter, we've always sort of looked and gone, okay, what's going to go wrong? Because, you know, even in, in our song, in the song, in the bubble song, it's fortunes always hiding. So, uh, you know, something always goes wrong at West Ham. So the fact that we are third in the league, we are into the quarterfinals of the Manchester City Cup, um, <laughs> we are undefeated in Europe and potentially 
Um, uh, we're going to have a Czech investor, a billionaire that's um, uh, going to um, own 30% of us. It's just crazy. It's a crazy time to be a West Ham supporter. Um, the only sort of downside to the game was Ogbonna getting injured. He um, suffered an ACL. He will be out bet- uh, between three to nine months, depending on whether they elect for surgery and how bad it is. Uh, so, obviously, um, that's a sort of downside to the game. But um, other than that, um, uh, if you've got the West Ham assets, keep them. Uh, if you decided to get Johnson a couple of weeks ago, keep him. I believe he will be in the team until either our form slumps or he does something wrong. Like uh, at the moment, uh, as we've sort of seen with um, with our coach and with Moyes, he, he trusts Moyes, he backs them in. If they perform, they stay in the team. And he's keeping Sufale out at the moment. Um, of the team. So I think Sufal is going to be limited to um, Europe and um, the EFL Cup at the moment until uh, Johnson's form dips. So I think if you've got him, uh, keep him. He's a 4.0. He's a great option, um, a good downgrade for um, uh, for a, a player if you're deciding to sort of move away from that mullet strategy. Um yeah. But, yeah, so at the, I think that's pretty much it in terms of West Ham. In terms of Liverpool, um, look, don't get me wrong. I love TAA. He's a must-have asset. That free kick that he kicked, um, that was crazy. You know what I mean? And he does that week in and week out. Uh, he's the type, He is pretty much a defender that plays like a midfielder and he scores like a midfielder. So um, I think TAA um, is pretty much the number one defender that you need to have. Um, Salah will be Salah. He'll be better next week. He'll probably come out and score three or four goals against Arsenal. So, oh, um, so that's all right. Arsenal in 4-3 there. So I think um, from the three players at Liverpool that I think you should have, um, TAA definitely, Salah definitely. And with Firmino out, I still think Jota's going to be a really good asset. And uh, I'm probably not going to flirt with him anymore since I brought him in when Firmino got injured the first time and didn't really do much. But um, he's the type of player, he's uh, he's that sort of chance player as well. He'll um, he'll score a few goals and, um, yeah, he's a, I think he's a good option. Uh, now, I think I kept that under half an hour. How about you, Q? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it was only went for about 27 minutes. So right. <laughs> um, I, I sort of won't touch on too much. I think you've covered pretty much everything. I, sort of, I do like the bow and shout. I've... He had four chances created, one shot, two assists on the weekend. So he had a really good game. And, and he's one of those plays where the stats match the eye test. He, he mm. looks really good when you're watching the game. And then when you look at the stats, the stats are backing that up. So I think he's a decent shout. I sort of, I'm probably not going to look at a second West Ham asset till probably that week 19. Mm. But in regards to Antonio, he seems to be that person that passes to the person who gets the assist. So he's an integral part to that attack and he's not getting the fantasy return. But when you watch the game, you know, he's been a bit unlucky. So I think if you do have him, it's worth holding him because I could see him getting a couple of goals um, before their fixture run does open up. So I definitely wouldn't be getting him out unless you sort of have a plan, I guess, to get like a Ronaldo or a Bruno Fernandes in over um, United's uh, 
run. I think it starts week 15. So I could see people getting Antonio out and then trying to rejig their side. So then when that week 19 hits that they can kind of upgrade the likes of a Jimenez or so on back to Antonio. So I guess that's the only way I could, I could sort of justify someone getting out. Antonio would be sort of to, to get on other assets for the weeks before that week 19 and then possibly getting him back in. So, um, that's about it from West Ham for me. Uh, in regards to Liverpool, sort of won't touch on Salah. He, you know, it's the same thing every week. A bad game for him is pretty much an assist. So you're not going to complain too much. Um, with Trent Alexander-Arnold, he, for me, is the best fantasy asset at the back, um, just above Ken Cello. Um, five chances created on the weekend, two shots, one assist, one goal from an absolute world of a free kick. Had 94 touches and eight crosses. So he's pretty much... Like Cancelo, he's going to play as pretty much a winger and then also get back on defense. But he plays that high that, you know, the chance of him getting an attack and returns pretty much bang on every week. So if you don't have him in, I'd definitely be trying to um, find a way to get him in. Um, what about you, Brady? Um, well, I think Damo's talked enough about West Ham for possibly <laughs> the rest of the season. Um, so I won't touch on them much. I did just want to say that. Their fixtures aren't great, but they just seem to keep ticking along, which is not good for uh, Quentin, who has to keep listening to it. <laughs> I do not envy you at all. Um, but, yeah, Liverpool, um, Trent, Salad, obviously, just, you just should have them there. Fantastic. Um, if um, Jota is out uh, – oh, sorry, if Firmino is out, Jota is always a great option to have when he's – uh, got minutes, so yeah. If the, if um, if that's the case, then yeah, I'd, I'd um, consider bringing him in. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, this week we're going to sort of skip over the differentials and plays to watch, just because we'll cover that in next week's pod after the international break. Um, we'll get on to the shit the bed segment. I sort of went with Wolves attack Jimenez and Hwang just just didn't really do anything. They sort of just didn't look like they wanted to be there. So I really think in a fixture that they had the opportunity to go on attack, I just think that they were pretty poor. What about you, Demo? Oh, I think it's no surprise. I think the uh, shit the bed segment this week has to go to Liverpool. I think they uh, <laughs> they underestimated the oh, might of <laughs> they underestimated the might of the Hammers. Uh, you know, uh, as I say, 25 games undefeated. Uh, bitch, please. You know, we're the Hammers. We're uh, <laughs> we're in charge here. So uh, <laughs> that's all I've got to say about that. Yourself, uh, <laughs> Brady. Yeah, moving swiftly on before you get carried away again and start talking about the, the song or something. The owners, who knows? Um, my um, shit the bed. Uh, went to Brentford this week just because um, everyone was sort of expecting uh, big things against uh, Norwich and they didn't deliver at all. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, lots of people were expecting hauls and, yeah, it didn't really um, come through. So, yeah. yeah, Brentford gets my vote. They got McKenny, uh, Kenny McLean out. Yeah, maybe, uh, yeah, the old... Uh, <laughs> Harry Maguire segment, yeah, give it to <laughs> give it to Brentford. Actually, we probably have to go with the Harry Maguire segment, shouldn't we, Damo? Instead of shit the bed, we'll just call mm-hmm. it the Harry Maguire. Doing your best, Harry Maguire. 
I keep I'd, saying that every week. <laughs> yeah, I would love for this segment to one day be named after a West Ham player. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we just don't shit the bed, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, we might move on to the mailbag questions. Um, first question up, we got with Eddie Howe coming in. How appealing does Callum Wilson and Saint Max look as potential assets? So I guess we touched on it earlier. I think that it's going to be a, a big positive for them. He knows how Callum Wilson attacks, so he's definitely going to um, fit the team to sort of maximise his abilities. Where yeah. Are you guys? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, if there's any time, as I said earlier, if there's any time that Newcastle is going to win games, it's going to be in this stretch. And if that's the case, then either Wilson or St. Max will be uh, in in and around the goals. Uh, yeah, how about yourself, uh, Brady? Uh, yeah, Eddie Howe's worked with um, Wilson before and knows how to get the best out of him. So I think um, I think he he could be good these uh, these next few weeks, especially with their fixtures. Mm. Yep. Uh, next up we got uh, is Chilwell to James sideways. I'd probably say yes, just because I think Chilwell is the better asset, but obviously the flavour of the month at the moment is James because he's returned two weeks in a row with the goal and the assist. So, but yeah, what about you, Demo? Yeah, I I will uh, agree with you on that one. I I went James simply because he was cheaper at the time. I think since then he's had about three price rises, so he's he's almost equal to to Chilwell now. So. But um, I think if you've got Chilwell, you stick to Chilwell. If you've got James, you stick to James. And um, if you don't have either, um, then you've got the pick of the pick of the letter. But um, I think at the same price, I would lean towards Chilwell over James just because of the consistency. Yeah. What about you, Brandon? Yeah, I agree. I think it's definitely sideways. Um, but they're probably going to end up with very similar points. Um, mm. It's not really worth constantly switching based on who got the most points in the previous week? So yeah, I just whoever you got, stick with them. Um, like that, it'll it'll pay out in the end. They'll they'll yeah, even no, each other out. No, definitely, I, I like it. Um, will there be an international break without any Twitter beef? Well, I think <laughs> these questions have been answered because at the moment the Twitter beef is starting to heat up. So I I don't think we're going to have an international break without Twitter beef. So. I think everyone just gets uh, a bit bored, and uh, if it's not Twitter beef, it's uh, FPL. Uh, what were they called? Uh, Twitter circles, or um, or whatnot, or uh, what TV show you're watching, or uh, yeah. So I think I'm. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm really not a fan of the international breaks. I, I look. I, I love my EPL. So I I'm sort of say I, I love making Twitter beef. <laughs> <laughs> Of course you do, uh, but uh, but nah. In all honesty, uh, I I think over these sort of international breaks, they're just it is what it is sort of thing. Like people um, generally, like even the dedicated FPL uh, accounts, sort of have a break from FPL and just you know banter. And some people can handle it, and some people can't. If you don't like the heat, get out of the kitchen. <laughs> I say uh, exactly. What about you, Brady? Well, I'm not on Twitter myself, so I don't really have much to uh, chime in with. But look, if the, the APL is on, you've got to entertain yourself some way. So uh, yeah. why not? I'm all for the Twitter beef. It's like the the real housewives of uh, FPL Twitter. Yeah, no, definitely. There's only so much uh, pestering I can do to my wife till I need to take it out on Twitter. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, next up, we got... 
Um, if everyone was enticed to play a four-man defense for the next six game weeks, who would you recommend in a four-three-three, or a four-four-two, or a four-five-one? Um, the popular backline obviously is James Jewell, Cancelo, Trent, and Livramento. Um, which would you pick? I sort of I like the shout of going one Chelsea, one Manchester City, one Liverpool, and then having sort of like the Livramento. Um, as a person, you can start every week if you want to go the four at the back. So, and I think that fifth option you can go for, I guess, as you said, Johnson from West Ham. I think um, he he's a type of player you could probably put in, or even Lamptey from um, mm. Brighton for their fixtures. But I feel like people are spending so much in their back line that they're benching Livermore every week. But I think with these fixtures, you can kind of afford to probably start him. So I guess saves a bit of money in the back line there and you sort of have your pre uh, three premium assets and then have Livermento as that fourth option and then obviously have a Lamptey or um, an Omo from Norwich or something like that as your fifth mm. option that you're not really ever going to play but sort of be there as a sort of backup if you have a player that doesn't play. Yeah. Uh, I know for, my, for myself, um, I'm currently rolling with uh, Rudiger James, TAA, Cancelo and Livermento and I absolutely love it. Um uh, to me, Cancelo, TAA, and um, James um, have been probably uh, – and James or Chilwell have been the best um, uh, defenders down back. Obviously, Rudiger's solid because he's just a solid option down back, um, being the centre-back, uh, compared to the, the wing-backs, um, the other three that I just mentioned. Uh, in terms of four three three or four four two, I think it's really team dependent. Uh, like if you sort of look at the midfield, there's some you know crazy assets for next to nothing. You know Gallagher's five point seven, I believe. Um, they could be more. I'm just sort of staring at my screen, so I think it could be five point eight. Uh, you know Rafinha's uh, sort of high sixes. Uh, ben Rama's uh, six point four, I believe. So. You know, there's some really, really good options sort of in the midfield for quite cheap sort of thing. So you can actually build a decent squad sort of starting from the back but still have um, money to sort of play around for team. And I think, um, you know, sometimes some weeks uh, I sort of play either a 4-3-3 or a 4-4-2. This week I played a 4-4-2 and I uh, bench St. Max. So... Uh, it sort of lends itself to that format uh, at the moment, but uh, but yeah. So, but obviously, you ride those uh, highs and lows, and then once uh, the mullet strategy doesn't pay off anymore, you downgrade um, one of your more expensive ones to you know a four point and you put that mo- you invest that money into the next best midfield or the next best forward. So, yeah, that's the way I'd sort of um, play it. How about yourself? Uh, uh, Brady. Um, I've got the uh, like the three premium sort of strategy going. So I've got um, Chilwell, Cancelo, and Trent. But Chilo, uh, Chilwell could easily be swapped out with um, James. It's a bit of a much of a muchness um, in terms of those two. But um, the three premiums allows you to sort of get those two rotation defenders. Um, so like that would be your Livermento and then your pick of the Brighton boys or if you wanted to. Um, be bet out there. Go for one of those um, Crystal Palace players, the like um, Mitchells or the Gays, or even a, a Bomber Bomber Delhi. But um, 
I, I, I like having those sort of two rotations because if if um, one of their fixtures isn't great, you can just interchange them very easily. And it also allows you to be a little bit riskier with some other choices, having that cover on the bench, because I would be... Um, yeah, I don't worry at all about having to start um, a Livermento or a Duffy. So, yeah, I yeah. think just having those sort of two... Um, because there's a lot of really good options in that 4.5 um, million range for defenders. Um, having those two sort of gives you more options elsewhere. Yeah, no, I fully agree. Sort of, I just want to allude to the fact that there was people on the weekend, obviously, that were like, should I bench Cancelo or Livramento? And I think when you're in that type of position, you, I just I just find it uncomfortable that you're looking at benching Cancelo. Like, mm. they are up against Man United, but it's Cancelo. Like, it's... The same with Trent Alexander-Arnold. You, you don't bench them, even if they do have a hard fixture because, as you've seen on the weekend, all they need to do is put a pass into the box and someone's going to get on the end of it, whether it's um, a Man United defender or an attacker from Manchester City. You know, they're going to bang in the goals and then you, and then you see he gets the bonus points as well. So, Yeah, I think there are certain players that you just never bench. And I think Cancelo, TAA... Uh, probably the two players that you absolutely never bench. And when you're paying that much money for players, you just don't want to bench them. Uh, you know, fixture, fixtures aside, uh, that's the reason why we have these sort of 4.1, 4.2 players that, yeah, you can play in the good fixtures, but if there's just no room, there's no room. And you don't feel bad about benching those players. Whereas, you know, with uh, Cancelo can burn you if you bench him and he goes and scores um, like he did on the weekend. Yeah, no, definitely. So I, I was pretty confident having Livermento on my bench. I, you know, I thought, you know, he, he might get a clean sheet. Um, but, yeah, I was sort of playing sort of the bigger asset. And, and it was funny. Twitter was melting down, I think, after the Southampton <laughs> game. And they're like, I told you so, I told you so. And then literally like less than 12 hours later, I was uh, sitting on top of the world with my massive haul from Ken Sello, so I wasn't complaining. Um, going on to the next question we got, would you get out um, Smith Rowe or Gallagher? That's a tough one. I'd probably say Smith Rowe because I think Gallagher is going to be more of an attacking threat. I just think that um, Smith Rowe tends to sit a little bit deeper in games and sort of isn't quite evolved in attack, but he is a good player. But I think Gallagher just has a higher upside, in my opinion. What about you guys? Uh, is this question asking who to get? Oh, hey, a... oh sorry, I misread it. Um, no, 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 that's what I'm just trying to work out. Is it asking who to uh, – because it says who to get out. So does he have both assets and he wants to move one on? Or oh, I um, think it's who do you pick out at uh, Smith oh, okay. Rowe or Gallagher? If, okay, yeah, if, I still um, stick with Gallagher. In my yeah, opinion. yeah, I, I think the same thing, and I, I think the answer is Gallagher for both. To be honest with you, um, depending on how um, it's framed, but uh, I think Gallagher is the better option. Uh, I, as I said, I like Smith Rowe. I really do. Um, and if you're short on funds, you probably, obviously, you go Smith Rowe, but. Uh, if you can afford Gallagher, you go Gallagher. I think he's just the better option. Um, he's playing in, in a team uh, that uh, obviously, you know, he's sort of a man in that team. So whereas Smith Rowe is just another one of the cogs. So, um, uh, yeah, how about yourself, Brady? Um, yeah, I agree. I've got neither of them, but um, 
if I was to pick one, it'd probably be Gallica just because of the fixtures. Mm. Um, See, if you would have been listening to our pod from week one, you probably would have had Gallica in your team, mate. You would have been, and you would probably would have been, uh, you know, top hundred by now. Yeah, oh, yeah, I had the likes of uh, got, Kenny McLean yeah. and his team alongside Gallagher. <laughs> mate, yeah, if mate, I've, I've listened yeah. to everything you said on this podcast, <laughs> I don't know about top 100. But... <laughs> and say, uh, we're, we're not stars, we make stars, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. we're, we're not here to help ourselves, we're here to help other people. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, next question. Uh, why do I want Sun instead of Jota? Uh, Jota, sorry. And uh, should I move uh, Smith Rowe or Mbermo to do it? Um, I would probably move uh, Mbermo if you were wanting to do that. Um, I sort of Brady sort of been an advocate for Sun, which it, it's a good option because he has been consistent when uh, Spurs have been bad this year. But in my opinion, I sort of I just don't want to get Sun in or Kane or anyone like that till I see a bit more from the attack. But I think if you are wanting to jump on the fixtures, Son's the best option from Tottenham, and I probably would go him over um, Jota, but that's just my opinion. What about you, Damo? Um, to be honest with you, I think it's just I think it's a waiting game with uh, with Son. I need to see uh, Tottenham deliver first, and I'm willing to sort of miss out on some points before that, just to confirm it. Like, obviously, he's, he's you know, he's over 10 million. He's not cheap. Uh, if I'm going to answer this question, I'm probably uh, moving on Smith-Rowe rather than um, Wembo, just given the fixtures. Uh, but it's a, it's a really tough call. It's a really, really tough call who you would move on um, because, you know, Wembo might come out and, uh, and and Hall, you know, Isar might do the same thing. Given that you know, in the last three, he scored really well. So it, it, it's a fine line. It's a fine line. But if I'm going to pick one, it's probably keep Wembo. Move on, Isar. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think with this one, I'd also probably keep Mbwemo just because of the fixtures again, um, and with. Um, Son and Jota, um, I like Jota as an option. Every time he gets minutes, he usually gets a fair few points. So that's, um, yeah, it's always a bonus when you know he's going to start. Um, I, I still do really like Son and, um, it's probably smarter to wait and see, but, um, I got in Chilwell before, um, like when everyone else was saying to wait and see about him and then, um, me getting him in resulted in me getting an extra 14 points that most people didn't. So I don't know. At the end of the game, it's uh, at the end of the day, sorry, it's uh, it's a game. So have some fun with it. I don't know. Make some, uh, take some risks. Yeah. Why not go for Son um, when other people are waiting? He might, he might get you some points. Yeah, no, definitely. See, I, see if I was going anyone from um, Spurs, definitely Son. He's shown that he doesn't, they don't need to be banging in 20 goals for him to sort of get, decent fitness returns, he can sort of pop in and get that goal or assist every game. So definitely a lot to shout. Um, last question we got, do we keep Vardy? Um, I think possibly, I think they've got a couple of decent fixtures left, so I'd probably hold him if you do have him. But as um, I spoke um, on the Juice podcast this morning, there's not really an array of options up front 
um, sort of in terms of premium options. So I think you probably just keep him and wait to the fixture turn for Man United and possibly maybe look at a um, Ronaldo maybe or even downgrade and getting Bruno in, in the midfield. So, But that's my two cents. What about you, fellas? Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, I think we, you, you keep up Barty for now. Uh, wait out the... Uh, Wait out the fixture, the fixture run after Chelsea. Uh, personally, I don't think he does anything at Chelsea, but then again, he's too expensive to bench. So um, I think you just you write it out, and if he doesn't deliver in the next, say, two to three games, and then then you sort of uh, move him on for the next best. Yeah, I, I I hate this question because every time I think about that premium striker position at the moment, I want to bang my hand against the wall because it's just, oh, it's so tough to pick a player in that position at the moment. Um, like Lukaku was a lot of people's um, sure thing, their set and forget striker, and then he went and got injured. So it's sort of, um, yeah, I don't know. I've got Vardy at the moment. It's been incredibly frustrating to own him, but. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to reassess at the end of the um, the international break and um, yeah, assess the options and uh, yeah, I'm I'm not too sure how to answer this one. It's tough. Yeah, no, just lock yourself in your bedroom for the international break, and then when you come out, you might have an answer. Yeah. Um. Next, we might get on to the life question and scenario for this week. Um. Demo's come up for another good question. What weird food combinations do you really enjoy? Um, I might start with one um, that my wife introduced me to. She makes a pasta dish that has uh, Greek yogurt and sour cream, and it just the thought of it just sounded absolutely horrendous. But it actually comes together really good when you chuck the ham in with it and a bit of garlic. It's it's a really delicious pasta dish. So um, sitting them. Thinking about how it was going to taste, I really couldn't picture how it was going to taste good. But yeah, no, it definitely tastes really good. What about you, Damo? Uh, for me, it's got to be, and I've got to say it in a UK style. So then, <laughs> our UK audience, uh, no crisps, which are obviously chips for us, but crisps uh, on a buttered on buttered bread. So you just butter some bread. You put some, uh, we call them chips, uh, got to be probably salt and vinegar, you know, the crisps on top, uh, put a, another buttered bread on top and you eat that. For me, magnificent, absolutely. It's the, it's, it's the best snack that you can have. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's the West Ham snack of choice, apparently. <laughs> uh, how about yourself, Brady? Oh, this is why I love this podcast. No other FPL podcast is talking about blue balls, pasta dishes, <laughs> and just all of this. Like this is, I don't know, it's, it's some premium stuff you get on here. Um, but me personally, I've always been uh, very partial to the um, Macca's chip dipped in the vanilla milkshake. No, oh, that's it's horrendous. A, yeah, I love that. No, it's, it's, oh, it's. It's so good. It's like a it's a it's like a deep fried ice cream. You get the the sweet and the savoury, and they just I don't know something about it just works. Um, Are you sort of um, backing Maccas to make fresh fries, or do the soggy chips still taste good too? Um, look, I honestly don't think it makes a difference after all the grease that's just covered in it. it they sort of all taste the same. Um, 
So, yeah, I'm, I'm, don't really care. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll dip any chip in a milkshake and eat it. <laughs> I'm with you, mate. I'm with you all the way there. <laughs> Bloody hell. I, I've, I've yet to try it and I don't think I ever will. So. Oh, you've got to try it. It's a life changer. <laughs> your you third can put eye it next will... to your bread in the fridge, mate. <laughs> <laughs> your, your, your third eye will open when you when you dip your first chip into a milkshake. <laughs> uh, classic. Um, the scenario we have for uh, this week, um, I said pick a five-a-side team of EPL players that are currently playing for a futsal tournament. So you must have the one defender, one goalkeeper, and then you can choose either three mids slash attackers mixed in together. So I went for De Gea in goals. I think his footwork uh, is proven in the past that he's pretty good with his feet, um, pretty much like a super, uh, super cat off YouTube which I worked out this week is a fake video, but I'll still live in the dreamland that it's actual real video um, of a cat flying around saving nonstop soccer balls. Um, had Cancelo, absolute beast, has stepovers, has Raz, has everything you need for, for a wing back. Um, put Zeech in, hasn't got a lot of time, but there's a video that I, I saw on a TikTok of him against Norwich where he just absolutely took the the innocence of uh, Norwich defence and killed them with Raz. So definitely someone you want in your futsal team and then uh, play Antonio up front as a bit of a, a holding attacker and hold the ball up and um, pretty much just push people around like little kids. What about you, Damo? Yeah, for me, uh, I would have Martinez in goal. I think he's an absolute beast. Uh, the fact that Arsenal sort of let him go, uh, is beyond me, but uh, but yeah, so definitely you might have Martin as a goal. Um, I uh, think the, uh, VVD uh, Virgil Van Dyke is probably the best defender in the world, so I would have him in the team, uh, followed by a midfield of Bowen uh, and Salah, and then Antonio up front, just uh, banging in those goals. So I think uh, quality all round in that um, five side. How about? Uh, Yourself, uh, Brady? Um, I've gone with Mendy in goals because I think just current form is probably one of the best, if not the best, goalkeeper in the Premier League at the moment. Um, he, yeah, saves goals for fun. Um, I've gone with Trent just in front of him because he's good going forward and back. He's um, got a little bit of that flair. Uh, I remember the um, that uh, corner assist he got where he started walking away and then ran back to it. I uh, I like that the little bit of mischief in the team. Um, I've gone with uh, Zaha just for the the flair as well. You, if you're making any five a side team, you need that one bloke who's just got a rainbow kit, uh, rainbow flick kids for no reason. Um, <laughs> I've gone with Salah because I think that's the most uh, obvious choice you can make. The man's a freak, um, especially that goal he scored. Uh, in the box just recently where he dribbled apart, uh, dribbled around like four players just in a, in a tight area. It'd be, it'd be great in five-a-side. And then I think it is absolutely criminal that both of you have gone Antonio. What has <laughs> Damo done to you, Quentin? You've, you've lost the plot. I've gone Ronaldo like any sane man because um, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Crazy years have both picked Antonio over over the greatest goal scorer possibly ever. Mate, he's gonna um, be in a, he's, he's gonna be in a wheelchair soon, man. He's thirty seven. Come on, 
Come on. Have you seen what that man looks like? I don't think he'll retire football ever. That man's in better shape than I. Well, obviously, he's, he's in better. He's probably got more longevity than I do, and I'm 19. So, look, he's, yeah, the, he's, he's, plus, look, he's got the flair. Um, he scores goals for fun. So, I'm a criminal that none of you chose him, especially well, you, you, Quentin. I'm playing. incredibly disappointed. Oh, I'm going to say something before we wrap up, uh, Quentin, but this was actually supposed to be probably one of our shorter pods. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, when just, you're amongst good company. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. It's always, it's always great having uh, Brady on too. So uh, it's a qu- quality banter, guys, quality banter. Thank no, you very much for that. It's always good to be a factor against the West Ham which I drown it out the only problem the only problem I find though, uh, Quentin, is most of the people that you bring on other uh, you know, other than myself have all been Man United supporters. TN <laughs> Man United, FPL Down Under, Dan Man United. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, you've got a bit of a, a theme going, so no, definitely. Oh, yeah, well, we did have a Spurs um, yeah. person last week with Matt. We had a, so. We've had a Spurs, we've had an Arsenal, we've had a Blackburn, so we've had a few different ones too. So, but yeah. uh, How many other guests do you have on that come here and talk about uh, how they wipe their ass in blue balls? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, definitely. I think you do <laughs> You do bring um, a good dynamic to the podcast. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm not just saying that because we're pretty much related. Yeah. Um, you definitely yeah. bring a funny side of the pod. I, I love it. Um, that about wraps up our pod this week. Um, for all our stuff, head over to FPL underscore amateurs underscore Oz and head over to FPL West Ham for all of Damo's, um, what do we call it? Uh, just <laughs> gibberish, West Ham yeah, gibberish. Dribble. <laughs> um, head to our Facebook, EPL Fantasy Amateurs of Oz. Um, you'll find our podcast on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. Anyway, uh, enjoy your international break. If you get bored, um, you can head on to Twitter for some Twitter beef or just maybe walk your dog. Thanks again for coming on, Brady, and uh, nice to talk to you again, Damo. Cheers for having me.